A reading from the first letter of Paul to Timothy. Honor the claims of widows who are real widows, that is, who are alone and bereft. If a widow has any children or grandchildren, let these learn that piety begins at home and that they should fittingly support their parents and grandparents. This is the way God wants it to be. The real widow, left destitute, is one who has set her hope on God and continues night and day in supplications and prayers. A widow who gives herself up to selfish indulgence, however, leads a life of living death. Make the following rules about widows so that no one may incur blame. If anyone does not provide for his own relatives and especially for members of his immediate family, he has denied the faith. He is worse than an unbeliever. To be on the church's role of widows, a widow should not be less than 60 years of age. She must have been married only once. Her good character will be attested to by her good deeds. Has she brought up children? Has she been hospitable to strangers? Has she washed the feet of Christian visitors? Has she given help to those in distress? In a word, has she been eager to do every possible good work? The word of the Lord.
Lord's heavens. The beauty of a virtuous wife is the radiance of her home. A light which shines above the holy lampstand. Dominus Fobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matteo, Jesus said to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, escorted by all the angels of heaven, he will sit upon his royal throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. Then he will separate them into two groups, as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. The sheep he will place on his right hand, the goats on his left. The king will say to those on his right, come, you have my father's blessing. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me, naked, and you clothed me. I was ill, and you comforted me, in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the just will ask him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we welcome you away from home or clothe you in your nakedness? When did we visit you when you were ill or in prison? The king will answer them, I assure you, as often as you did it for one of my least brothers, you did it for me. Verbum Domini. Today, the church, and especially Franciscans around the world, celebrate the feast of St. Elizabeth of Hungary, who is the patroness of the Third Order of St. Francis, as well as the patron saint of charitable organizations of women. And although she lived a very short life of 24 years, she is renowned for her incredible charity in caring for the poor and the infirm. It is often believed that those who are born into nobility and wealth tend to be more concerned about retaining their wealth for themselves and even increasing it. And yet St. Elizabeth of Hungary shows us how the grace of God can work powerfully even in the life 
of a person who comes from such a position of wealth and privilege. Elizabeth was born to King Andrew II of Hungary and his wife Gertrude in 1207. And as was the custom at the time, arrangements were made from a very young age for her to be married to the eldest son of the landgrave Hermann I of Thuringia, which is in present-day central Germany. At the age of four, she was taken to the court of Thuringia, where they would prepare her to become the future wife of Louis IV. She was a very devout child, even from her youth, and was inclined to spend time in prayer and in doing small acts of mortification. Once again, this is impressive since she was surrounded by the comforts of wealth and luxury in which she could have liberally indulged. And as she grew older, she became habitually generous with the poor and in caring for the sick. And when Louis IV turned 18 and Elizabeth was 14, he took her as his wife and they had three children together. Now Louis IV was very fond of his wife Elizabeth and granted her the liberty she needed to continue her service to the poor and to the sick. And while Louis was away on business, Elizabeth assumed control of the affairs concerning the Duchy of Thuringia. In 1226, while her husband attended the Diet at Cremona, Elizabeth provided for the people under her charge who were suffering from the effects of floods, famine, and pestilence. She distributed alms throughout the territory and built a hospital below Wartburg Castle filled with 28 beds so that she could personally tend to the sick. And there are a couple of touching <clears throat> stories of miracles that are recorded about St. Elizabeth. The first took place when she was taking some bread to give to the poor. And on her way, she ran into her husband, Louis, who was returning from a hunting trip. And he playfully tried to prevent her from going further until she showed him <clears throat> what she was carrying in her cloak. And as it turns out, some of the people at the castle had suspected her of taking treasure from the castle. And so when she opened her cloak, Louis was surprised to see fresh, fragrant roses, especially since it was during wintertime. And the other story involves a little boy with leprosy, whom Elizabeth cared for tenderly as if he were her own child. In fact, she went so far as to place the child in the royal couple's own marriage bed. And upon learning about what Elizabeth had done, her mother-in-law was horrified and immediately went to tell her son. And so Louis rushed to the bed and tore back the covers only to see the form of Christ crucified lying there. And Louis was so deeply moved by this vision that he said to his wife, dear Elizabeth, you may always receive guests like that. I shall even thank you for it. And in 1227, Louis went to, to participate in the Sixth Crusade to capture the Holy Land. And during his travels, he fell, fell ill with the plague and died on September 11th. And the news of his death did not reach Elizabeth until the following month of October. When she learned of her husband's passing, she was deeply shaken by this, and she cried out, the world with all its joys is now dead to me. 
She left Wartburg Castle with her children and went to the town of Eisenach. And this was during the winter months where she when she struggled to find housing there for herself and for her children. And finally, a man took pity on her and offered her a stable, which she gratefully accepted. And as she resided in a poor stable with her children, she could not help but reflect upon <clears throat> the, the coming of our Lord, who was born in such circumstances. And she was honored to have such a small share in his lowly condition. In 1228, she entered the Third Order of St. Francis and was among the first of the tertiaries in Germany. In the same year, she built a Franciscan hospital at Marburg and continued to dedicate herself entirely to the care of the sick. She carried out all these works of charity for the rest of her short life until her death in 1232 at the age of 24. So Elizabeth's life of charity was the fruits of her life of deep prayer, fasting, and mortification. She looked upon the suffering and misery of the people around her and seized the opportunity to serve Christ and the least of his brethren. She brought the message of the gospel to them through her words and through her charitable deeds. And so may St. Elizabeth's self-sacrificial Christian love for the poor and the sick be an inspiration to all of us, that we may strive to find ways in our own lives, according to our own means and our own abilities, to serve the poor and the needy, and thus bring them, as well, the message of the gospel. <clears throat>